Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Welcome to this very special edition of the Successful Mind Podcast. I usually don't introduce these episodes, but today I am because David and I are going to talk a little bit about the Dean of Personal Development, none other than Earl Nightingale, on what would have been his 100th birthday today. So it just gives me chills thinking that we're going to have this conversation. Yeah. When we first kind of proposed this and knew that it was coming up, the the milestone of uh, who Earl Nightingale was as a person was going to be profound. And I mm. thought, what better way to honor the man who, like I said earlier, was the dean of personal development, sort of got this whole thing rolling, than by spending some time having a, a little in-depth conversation about him. Yeah, I mean, he was... a. Uh he was a fascinating guy and did so much. The thing is, is that most people that are really into personal development have no idea the role that he played in advancing that forward from the likes of Napoleon Hill uh, and W. Clement Stone and, you know, and those individuals uh, and what he did for it to bring it to the voice of the common person. Right. Because Prior to this, I mean, it was very, very tight within industry because it was, you know, who is actually looking or would benefit from personal development. And, of course, Earl had a very famous radio show uh, out of Chicago, and he, you know, he used that as his platform to take what he believed and what he was doing and to advance it forward. And, of course, he developed the Nightingale Conant Corporation, which for a long period of time was the largest personal development company in the world. So yeah. there's a lot there. Yeah, there is. And in, in, in the research leading up to this, because to be fully transparent, the only thing I knew of Earl Nightingale was what you had told me through your teachings, you right. know, and it's very impactful from that regard. But when you start to go into the internet and start seeing all the things that this man was involved in and how he had his hands in it. And the way he lived his life is very, very interesting. And we'll get into more of that as this goes on. But um, I did not know much about him. And I'm glad that I was able to do the the research leading up to this because he seemed like someone who really moved this forward. Like there would, I'm sure there would be some iteration of professional or personal development without him. But because he was such a major part in moving it forward, it made it the masses could really get behind it. Yeah, for like you said, the common the common person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It. I mean, it was the, he was the first um, person from a recorded standpoint that I was listening to, uh, which was the um, the strangest secret and lead the field. Yes, and that was back in the eighties, right? So, uh, you know, I I usually in my story it usually starts around nineteen ninety three, but actually that's not a hundred percent true because. My first introduction to Think and Grow Rich was in the late 80s, and my introduction to Earl Nightingale was in the late 80s through, like I said, through the Strangest Secret album and through Lead the Field. Yeah. And uh, I had, I had um, the Strangest Secret on vinyl, 
and I had lead the field on his cassette tape program from the uh, Nightingale Kona Corporation. Man, what treasures those are. Um, could you, well, since you already went there organically, could you talk a little bit about how you came to know of Earl and the impact that he had on you very early on in this journey? Because it seems to me like you were introduced to him when you were beginning this journey in this lifelong study. Yeah, so the the interesting thing about it was that I was working for Metropolitan Life, uh, selling life insurance in the late 80s. And the whole philosophy around taking a rep in off the street and, you know, training them up to be a life insurance salesperson, which interesting for me was that right from the very beginning, I apparently had this um, attraction to doing something where I could control my destiny and the amount of money that I made, but I was uneducated. So, um, I was looking within the confines, so to speak, especially back in the day when there wasn't as much, no, this is no internet, right? So, um, what could an uneducated person do to really gain control over their own income and, and move in that direction? So I end up, I end up, uh, selling life insurance for, um, Metropolitan Life, and I was it was recommended to me that I get Think and Grow Rich, the book, and study that, and then we would get a pamphlet uh, once a month from Nightingale Conant Corporation, which would have all the different programs that they would offer. Now, what was interesting about that was that the staple program was Lead the Field, so I got that immediately. And Lead the Field is a, was a program that Earl designed to really be attractive to corporate people. But what most people don't realize about that program is that all the universal laws are in that program. They're just hidden. So he's not so much talking about spirituality or the laws of the universe, even though he's, he does mention universe and he does mention laws, but it's almost kind of like you know, there are certain laws in the universe that just can't be changed, like gravity, and, you know, there's cause and effect. And he talks about them from a way that the average corporate person would totally accept it without understanding exactly what the hell they were actually listening to and how powerful and how much of a... um, a spiritual connection was being drawn in their mind, but they weren't even aware of it at the time because there was no corporation on the on the planet that would touch, that was, that would touch anything yeah. like that. But Earl figured out how do we get these powerful ideas into the hands of people that could really do something with them without offending them in a way. Uh, so yeah, sort of t- yeah, sort of tiptoeing yeah. around it, but ge- the genius in that, because it very easily, because you, if, I don't mean to be desperate here, but you get one shot at this. Like if you create something in the corporate world at that time, we're talking 50s and 60s, didn't like it, they could really shut you, you down. You were done. You were so done. to be able to have the wherewithal with, you know, him and Lloyd Conan to be able to do that is genius. Yeah, it was, it was totally genius. And you, you know, I didn't know anything about Earl at the time. I I don't even know. I don't even remember if I was aware that at one point he had this mega radio show, you know, which I think was, I don't know if it was on the air when I was born or not. I don't know what the dates sure. were that, that he that actually played. Um, but later on, because I learned so much by listening to those to those albums of his, I did not learn much about him until the mid-90s when I was introduced to Bob Proctor, who actually worked, well, they, he Earl was his mentor, 
They worked together for five years. Proctor was the vice president of sales for Nightingale Conan in Chicago. Um, and that's when I really started to get this in-depth education about who Earl was and the impact that he had upon the whole industry and what he did and how it had an impact for me. And of course, even my mentor who, who was, I mean, Bob created his whole, uh, uh, not just his life, but his career was basically designed out of Earl's. For, for Bob, Earl was the template. And uh, Earl changed everything for Bob. I mean, he, he was Bob's mentor, but I think he, he taught Bob how to show up in the world, you know, as a very powerful man um, that could command a room and could run a, an organization. And that's, that was what Bob created himself to be. Uh, you know, he was a spitting image of Earl, you know, in, in his mind, in his voice. I mean, Bob used to say that in his mind, if God had a voice, it was Earl's voice, that deep, you know, yes. uh, I mean, that was, that was an amazing voice. I mean, God, that was a voice that was built for radio yes, right powerful. there. So that was kind of my journey on how I, you know, it was, it was Bob that taught me more about Earl than anything. Yeah. I love the through line of, you know, Earl to Bob, to you, and then to the thousands of people that you've imparted your yeah. wisdom upon. I love the, and the, the visual of that being the template for which we all can live a better, more fulfilled life. I think that's just so, it's yeah. so powerful. It's so yeah. Impactful. Even, you know, it's interesting how many people he touched because you could, you could directly trace back so if you, if you come through the lineage of Tony Robbins, so I come through the lineage of both Robbins and Proctor, which is an interesting thing in and of itself, because most people come through like a Jim Rohn or a Proctor or a Robbins, but Robbins comes through the lineage of Earl also. Actually, Tony interviewed Earl, I think it was in the late 70s, because Tony's career started around 78, I think. Uh, quite a bit earlier than most people actually realize. You know, he pretty much started as a teenager in the in the self development industry, right under Jim Rohn. You know, and then he took a bunch of a bunch of turns in his career. But most people don't realize that he was directly linked with Earl. Also, wow, I love that. Yeah, the lineage, and and you know, you get to a, a point in your life where you can start to connect those dots going backwards and see just how powerful of yeah. a, a presence this man had on us yeah. and continues to have on us. Yeah, there's you, so so Andrew Carnegie cr comes up with the idea. You know, he's the world's first billionaire. And he realizes there's principles, you know, there's absolute principles. And, you know, he's a, he's a, a, a poverty-stricken youth that comes from Scotland, builds U.S., what we know, what we know as U.S. Steel. And then he's like, you know something? He's watching all of these disenfranchised men, especially back in those days, through the Depression and, and all this stuff. And he's like, there's no reason for this because success is a strategy. If you understand the mindset principles behind success, anybody could be a success. But nobody had ever put it to paper. Nobody had ever put it to a book before. We had, um, we had theology, of course. And then we had like uh, the, the philosophers, you know, going all the way back to the Greeks and stuff like that. But nobody had actually taken principles that they applied to doing something great and put it to paper. And that's when Carnegie commissioned Hill 
to study, you know, take 20 years of his life, make a life, make a lifelong purpose out of this. Letters of introduction to 500 of the world's most successful people really compile what were all of the things that were the same. Like what were all of the principles that they believe that they all had in common out of these 500 people? And today that book is Think and Grow Rich. That's what all of those people agreed on as principles that allowed them to be successful. Um, Earl is struck by very much the same kind of question that I had as a youth, which is what, you know, what is the difference? You know, he grew up seeing poverty on one side of the tracks and prosperity on the other and had no idea what was causing both of those things to exist in a, in a very similar place with this question in his mind about what is it that actually uh, causes it. And then one day he gets the answer and then he begins, that's his, now his journey changes. But another thing people don't realize was that he had a goal very early on to retire by his 30s. Right. You know, and he did that with an insurance company. So fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Put all his energy into that. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you bring up uh, some of those people in, in just, just like you did right there, because one of my favorite parts of Team Nagel headquarters, which is where we're recording this podcast, is you have created your very own version of a wall of fame. Right. And on that wall of fame are. Andrew Carnegie, then Napoleon Hill, and then you've got Bob Proctor, and of course, the great Earl Nightingale. You even have a framed picture on that wall that sort of is in the middle that has a picture of Lloyd Conant, Leland Val Vandewall, mm-hmm. which you repeatedly, you share his, his, his quote, Bob Proctor, your mentor, and then Earl Nightingale all there. And as as I was walking by it today in preparation for the show, I thought about like the heavy, it's giving me chills on the back of my neck right now, the the heavy hitters in this industry and the history of this industry. And I likened it to like the 1927 Yankees, where you had (laughs) Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth on the same team, as well as some lesser known people who were murderers row, they called it, of, uh, of baseball, the 1927 Yankees. And when I walk by that, I walk by it every day on my way down the hall, and I think you know, we are in the shadows of giants here and you have carried that over into your work and you have made Earl Nightingale, uh, continued his lessons many, many years after the fact. And I just love that image. And I, and what's also cool with that wall of fame is you also had the foresight to have a mirror put up at the end of those. So when they're walk, when the people who are coming to our office and they're learning and they're, they're listening to you, they walk down that and they see themselves. And I, 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 when I'm here by myself some days, I will stop in front of that mirror and be like, yeah, I am in the shadows of giants. And I think it's just so cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the, it's, it is information that is being passed from one generation to another through people that took it and made it part of their 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 life message, their life value system, the what they believed in, the ethics behind it, and then brought it to whatever part of the world that they're that they're touching, and um, uh, you know it's it's interesting because uh, you have these albums. Can we talk about the albums? Yeah, totally. Yeah, we're gonna definitely. So. Over Christmas, I received a gift from someone who found all of these record albums, they're all vinyl, of a bunch of different things that Earl Nightingale did. And some of them I knew about, 
like the condensed veration uh, uh, of As a Man Thinketh, the condensed Think and Grow Rich. But here's, this is what I didn't realize, that some of these albums were actually created specifically for different industries. So like this one here, uh, the, the way to personal progress and prosperity in the dairy industry. <laughs> That's very niche. Right? The dairy industry <laughs> by Earl Nightingale. There's one here for the automotive. Yeah, industry. we have that one. We have that one on display up above. So for yeah. people on the YouTube yeah. channel, they can see it. Yeah, the automotive. The automotive specific. industry. Um, I had no idea that he did that, but it, the thing about it that's interesting, and I never, I never did have a chance to ask Bob about this because actually I just found this out this year. I knew that Proctor, because he was vice president of sales, he was selling Earl's stuff and. Uh, the goal, to my understanding at the time, was that Earl wanted his teachings in every household in America. Um, I don't know if he ever hit that goal or not, but the the idea behind it that would intrigue me was that he was taking these messages and then he would tailor them so that one side of the album would be this specific message, but then it would be tailored to an industry on the other side. And as I listened to some of these, I was like, oh, gee, I wonder how he did that. And what you find when you listen to it is that he actually did re deep research into whatever industry he was tailoring the message for and the statistics and all the information about that industry and why a person could be successful in this industry. And here was how to think about this in order to be successful in that industry. Wow. So he was way ahead of his time in really understanding the thought process behind how a person needed to think within their given niche of an industry, a business, a job, or whatever it was, so that they could be successful, and then recorded it, and then sold it to those to those people as a as a business. Yeah, think about the time and energy that goes in. He very easily could have just done one blanket program and said, just listen to this, you'll get it. He had the presence of mind to record for various niches along the way and not only just record it, but put his own little touch on why that industry, you could be a success. I think right. that is just, because a, lo a lot of, let's be honest, a lot of people would just mail it in and be like, well, we'll just use this one program. Yeah, yeah. well, here's nature. the thing. Back, I was also thinking about this, like, could you really do this today? And the, I don't think you could. And here's the reason why. The industry's changed too fast. Sure. So the, the, the one on the automotive industry, I was listening to it, and he's giving very specific statistics and data about that industry that probably would take 10 years for, for that information to actually change, if not longer. Today, it changes in a week. Right. So what it, What would be, like if I recorded something based on an industry, it would have to be really, really general uh, for it not to change in a short period of time. Otherwise, the recording would be irrelevant within months. Yeah. You know, but back then it was, he, you know, th this was not going to change over a long period of time. Here's how a person could be sick. Like literally build an entire career, a lifetime career without the industry changing all that much. Yeah. Today, that's not like that. But, you know, probably from World War II till the 80s, it was, you probably could do that pretty well. Yeah, it's impressive. And I love this. And we'll talk more about this. I'm going to actually show something here in a moment. But uh, this Think and Grow Rich, where he actually narrates the entire thing. I mean, just a beautiful piece of living history right here that... Um, 
you know, again, the Wall of Fame, Napoleon Hill, and then of course Earl's voice bringing What's to the it. What's date on that album? This one is night. It was copyrighted in 1960, uh-huh. so a lot of the material here is in the early 60s. Yes, is what so you're this is the album, not the exact one, but the but the album that Proctor told me that he listened to, uh, the one that he was listening to over and over again in his car. Okay, on a portable record player while he was building, going out there and building his office cleaning business. Wow. And, uh, and, and I had never seen this album until I got it as a gift, the condensed narration. Um, but this is what Bob listened to. And he listened to this over and over. He would listen to it every day. He was driving around in his car with a portable record player. This is before That's cassettes. Insane. Before cassettes. And he's got this vinyl playing in the freaking car while he's out there selling, wow. uh, literally selling um, uh, his office cleaning business, which he built into a seven-figure company that was in two countries in a bunch of different states before he sold it and then went to work with Earl. Yeah. You know? So that's, uh, I mean, this is really, really fascinating. Yeah, that is a piece of, of history that is, I'm so glad you received that gift because it is so amazing. And I can't wait to, because li- I have not listened to this yes. one yet, but, li- but look at this. So the, the, in- the introduction, right? So then he's got desire, faith, auto-suggestion. Yeah, yeah. To see. Yeah, specialized knowledge. Is <laughs> yes, this band five, yep. yeah. Oh, there it is. Specialized knowledge, imagination. Then on the flip side, organized planning, decision, persistence, power of the power of the mastermind, enthusiasm, the subconscious mind, the brain, the sixth sense. Now here's what's interesting. So here's a change. Here's a change. In in the book, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, what he's calling the tenth principle, enthusiasm, right, was sexual transmutation, but uh, he had to change it. Yes, he had to change it so that it would fit into the a night, corporation. Yeah, night, well, and that's and that's how because I remember the story about him. Like, how was he going to do that one? Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. That's was that was sexual transmutation. Wow. Enthusiasm, and that's what he's got on the album here. Yeah, I mean, holding these materials, and for the people who are watching us on YouTube right now, definitely the, those of you who are audio only, I would encourage you in the in the link the show notes below to click over to our YouTube channel. Cause you can see some of these materials that David has in front of him. And I wish they could smell it too, because it's got that <laughs> old, I mean, it's got that old block typesetter font, but yep. it's even got that library sort of smell the old paper smell. Yeah. And I love even in the back of this, he's got, you know, like an advertisement through for the book that he was, was pitching that was inside the liner, the think and grow rich complete script uh, of the narration that he does. It's really cool to see that that book, for $4.95 can change your life. I think it's yeah. just so cool. Two people are better qualified to show you the way than co-authors Napoleon Hill and w. w. Clement Stone. Yeah, the co- yeah. And, and this was, this <laughs> album was put out by the Combined Registry Company, 5050 Broadway, Chicago, Illinois. Wow. Yeah, and we'll get into we'll get into that here in a moment okay. too. There's a connection for sure. But um, speaking of those of you who are watching us on YouTube, and not to you know alienate our audio only listeners, but I would encourage you once again to go over to the YouTube uh, channel via the link below because right now we're actually going to 
put up a short video that our fabulous media team has created to kind of educate you a little bit more about who Earl Nightingale was as a person. And then uh, that'll give us some jumping off points to go into the second half of this very special episode, the Dean of Personal Development, Earl Nightingale. So let's go ahead and uh, watch that video. For most of the world, today is just another Friday in March, winter's last gasp, holding on with all its might before the trees begin to bloom, the grasses turn to a deeper shade of green, and the sunshine becomes more frequent. On this day, however, it marks a significant milestone that many wouldn't give a second thought to. On this day, March 12th, we celebrate the life of the Dean of Personal Development in what would have marked his 100th birthday. That man, a complete legend in our industry, is none other than the incomparable Earl Nightingale. Earl was born in 1921. At a young age, his father abandoned the family, forcing his mother to relocate to a tent city in Long Beach, California. During this time, which was in the thralls of the Great Depression, his mother managed to raise Earl and his two brothers on a meager wage as a seamstress at a sewing factory. Although he was growing up poor, Earl knew there was something more for him, constantly feeding his mind with trips to the Long Beach Public Library. His mother would read to the boys often, instilling in him the value that knowledge can carry you far in this world. In fact, it was her encouragement that got Earl to go to the library and seek out the answers around what it takes to be a success. She would repeatedly tell him that no one single book could have all the answers. And Earl, being slightly rebellious, believed in fact that that book did exist. This, he made his personal mission to find it. Seeking out the true meaning of success would become his life's purpose. This journey would eventually stoke his lifelong love of learning, leading him to become one of the greatest minds of his generation and a true expert on the principle of success and what it takes to be successful. At the age of 17, Earl made the decision to join the United States Marine Corps. It was during his time in the Marines that he was given an opportunity to work on a local radio station as an announcer. Here is where the desire to be a radio personality began to flourish. Years into his service as a Marine, he found himself stationed in Hawaii on the USS Arizona. And his fate would have it, just before 8 a.m. on the morning of December 7, 1941, a surprise raid by the Japanese on Pearl Harbor led to the deaths of thousands of servicemen. 1,177 of which were aboard the USS Arizona. Only 15 of its crew would survive that fateful day, one of them, of course, being Earl Nightingale. The USS Arizona lies at the bottom of Pearl Harbor to this very day, beneath a memorial that was dedicated in 1962. When Earl left the Marines, he never forgot his time spent on the radio. He eventually found his way to Chicago, where he began hosting a daily commentary program on WGN Radio. He was enjoying great successes in this time of his life, 
and for the next 13 years, he flourished as a motivational speaker, an author, a radio character, and a commissioned advertiser. It was at the height of this time in his life when Earl, at the age of 29 years, was introduced to the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It was then where he was immediately struck by the realization that we become what we think about. This was the message he was seeking his entire life. Formed in those early years at the Long Beach Public Library, those hours listening to his mother read to him. The clouds had parted, and everything fell into place with those six simple words. The questions he had had since he was a little boy around success, what is success, now seemed fully answered and realized. These profound answers, which were now coalescing into more clarity, led him to begin working on his book, The Strangest Secret. By 1956, it was not only a successful book, but also became a hugely successful spoken word album. This recording, which adorns our very podcast studio, sold over one million copies and became the first album of this nature to achieve gold record status. An incredible achievement considering its time. On the back of the success, Earl accepted an offer from Lloyd Conant, who had founded a small mail order company in Chicago. Together, they formed the company Nightingale Conant Corporation of Chicago, which pioneered the personal development industry and set in motion what we know today. Under Nightingale Conant, they also developed a short daily radio program titled Changing Worlds, produced another successful audiobook titled Lead the Field, and more spoken word records like Think and Grow Rich, The Essence of the Immortal Book by Napoleon Hill. These works remain to this day the foundation for personal development, and so many have been affected by their contents. The many achievements of Earl Nightingale are almost too vast to list. Along with being awarded the first-ever golden record for his work on The Strangest Secret, he received the Golden Gavel Award from Toastmasters International, was inducted into the National Speakers and Association Speakers Hall of Fame, as well as the Association of National Broadcasters and National Radio's Hall of Fame. Over his lifetime, Earl Nightingale produced over 7,000 radio programs, 250 audio programs, as well as television and video programs. Even before his death in 1989, he had created a new format for a book titled The Winner's Notebook, which included his written words, his own illustrations, and even a space for journaling. On March 25, 1989, Earl Nightingale passed away, leaving behind a legacy that impacted millions. His good friend, iconic radio personality Paul Harvey, spoke of Earl's death on his own syndicated program, saying simply, the sonorous voice of the nightingale was stilled. To this day, even 100 years after his birth, we seek out Earl Nightingale's words of wisdom through replays of his work. 
These iconic recordings, which live in perpetuity on poetic vinyl and streaming platforms, continue to speak to millions around the world. And that message? To live life to its fullest. His impact on the world is profound, and those who listen to this show and follow David's teaching can see the footprint that Earl Nightingale has left in his life. His philosophy that anyone can reach their highest potential merely through living by one simple message. You become what you think, you reap what you sow, and you must provide service to others that you meet. Happy birthday, Earl, and thank you for being one of the greatest philosophers of this time and any time. Nice job there, Toss. Oh, man. That's something. Man, I'll tell you what. You know, con- congratulations to the, the team as well for putting that together. It, it can't help but give you just – there's emotions there. And yeah. even though I I didn't know much about, you know, Earl before meeting you, um, I can see just how powerful of a man he was and how forward of a thinker he was. And I love how – there's these through lines and connections that we all make that you can see when you start to connect them. So that's kind of where I wanted to go out of that, you know, beautiful piece. And again, if you didn't get a chance to, to watch it, make sure you click the YouTube video to do so. But um, there are some similarities that you guys have that I kind of want to play with you a little bit. Okay. Um, the first one that came to mind after watching this, and I had no idea about the USS Arizona until you had mentioned it to me a, a few weeks back, um, cheating death. You know, I mean, to be one of only, I mean, there's varying reports. There was 12, there was 15, however many it was. Right. There were thousands of people who lost their lives in that raid. Um, but you, you both in a way cheated death and you both cheated death in a water setting. I mean, you on the <laughs> Illinois river, him, yeah, place. him sure, yeah. in, in Hawaii. So, um, that was the one connection. I also saw another connection with, uh, Chicago as a through line as well. You know, he event, he wasn't from Chicago, but he made his way to Chicago and the majority of his professional career was spent there as either a radio personality on WGN or whether it was uh, WBBM, which is another local channel that right. he did. Um, it was cool to see that you guys both have those, uh, Chicago and roots. Well, he was doing the radio show show when I was born there. Like right. I would like he was he was there. He was, you know, he was uh on Michigan Avenue. Uh I didn't know that of course at the time, but to think that I was alive during the same time that he was doing this and he was putting this this message out. And what's interesting is I remember Chicago as a child and you know cities like Chicago, New York City, Los Angeles, um these were cities that were basically cr- falling apart back in this in the 60s and 70s they were dirty uh they were they were nasty people were leaving the city they didn't want to they didn't want to be there um and the you know this to think about he's down there and and he's in a place he was on Michigan Avenue which is the gold coast down there so the wealthiest property that there is in Chicago um that he's he's putting in he's putting a message of inspiration out there. It's kind of like the heart of the Midwest, also, to people that that are dreaming but don't know how to get out. 
and he's in the heart of it, spreading this message to so many people that eventually ended up getting out and moving on to to something else. It, it just it's it's fascinating to me, like where these little things find their place in the world and how they actually spread out. Because I'll guarantee you, you know, our industry is probably bigger than it's ever been, and so many people don't even know the history of the industry. Right. They don't know where they come from. They don't know these recordings. They've never heard them before. Uh, you know, some, some of these people think that they've discovered positive thinking all on their own and they don't realize what went into this in order for it to be an accepted ideology that is, that really works. I mean, at one time it was like, oh, that's positive thinking, you know, that's not doing this. It, it couldn't make a, a difference whatsoever. Um, but these great people knew the impact of how, how it would actually change a person's life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, those seeds were planted long ago, and the people who are working now are benefiting from forward thinkers like an Earl Nightingale, who really uh, invested in themselves and in their communities and yes. in their country uh, to to move the, this message of, you know, you become what you think mm -hmm. and how thoughts are very, very powerful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, and um, it, it just got me thinking about um, another connection you guys have is your vast book collection. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I remember when you moved into your home a few years ago, um, I had the uh, pleasure of unpacking <laughs> that very room and sort of helping to set that up. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of titles. And that has since expanded, of course, in both the, uh, the physical and the digital capacity. But I was reading something today that he had over six, 6,000 books oh, in wow. his collection. Ahead of me. Yeah, yeah, but you're getting there. You got some time. Um, and it's that lifelong love of learning that you guys both uh, have and continue. You continue to move that message forward. Um, and not only that, but he does have North Carolina roots as well because he first got his start in radio here in this state uh, when he was in the Marines. That's that when, right? Yeah, in the video, I briefly mentioned that he was. Um, uh, he was on a radio as an announcer, and that happened right here in this state as as a marine. I so that know, was yeah, I didn't know that. so cool. Yeah, so there's all different sorts of through lines, yeah. whether it's cheating death over you know through water, the Chicago connection, the books, and the lifelong love of learning, and of course North Carolina. It's really cool, cool to see that. So. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things that I loved, and, and there was a shot of Paul Harvey in there, and it kind of jogged a memory of me, you know crowding around the AM radio that my grandma used to have in her in her house sure. where we would listen to, you know, the rest of the story with Paul Harvey. And um, it, it was nice to see who I, he's, he's probably my version of Earl Nightingale, that soothing yeah. voice that came over the radio. Um, it was nice to see him pay tribute to the man when he passed away in 1989 uh, because his program, Our Changing World, which you can still find out there on YouTube, there's some really good stories that are there. It's very, very, very much you can see how not only did Earl Nightingale inspire you and so many thousands of others, but he also inspired clearly Paul Harvey because they were growing up in the same time. And it was just such a, such a, such a cool thing. So as we wind this down, just a couple more questions and we'll, we'll be on our way. Um, in your opinion, what is Earl's legacy and how does what he taught back then still hold true to this day? I think that the thing that Earl did was he took, because I, I have heard uh, stories like so most people probably don't know this story either apparently the way that it was told to me um, was that uh, Lloyd Conant when he hooked up with Earl 
Earl gave him the book, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles, which was interesting because I've never found any work that Earl actually did with a reference to this, but I know the, I know the stories. Um, he, gave, he gave Lloyd Conant the book, The Science of Getting Rich, and Lloyd went home and read it over a weekend and came back and told Earl that they were going to build a company based on the philosophy of that book. So the, Earl, the Nightingale Conant Company, the, the entire philosophy of that company and what they attempted to do was based off of not Napoleon Hill, but the, of, but the Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles, um, which I was like, I had no idea. But Proctor told me that. And and they were all sitting, and Bob was told the story in Lloyd's kitchen in his house. Uh, they were telling him this story. And so the interesting thing is this. The message has a very, it's very steeped in spiritual philosophy. And the genius of Earl was to take these messages and, and convert them in a way where they could get them out to men and women who would previously, because of the way that the messages were previously structured, probably reject them. Probably wouldn't have had a choice but to reject them because they would have not been tolerated in the, work, in the workplace and or they would have butted right up against whatever religious philosophy was in the home at the time. So there were two, there were two kind of enemies to this going, going into it. And he changed it in a way that was completely non-threatening. If you listen to Nightingale, number one, his voice is commanding. It, it, it's, he is definitely uh, large and in charge um, and authoritative, very authoritative. So you just you, you go with the assumption of authority just based on, on how his voice sounds. But he also, also had uh, the gift of putting it into a very comprehensive and easy-to-understand language structure uh, so that the average person could understand these terribly complex uh, uh, topics very easily. And he does that brilliantly. So th the average Joe, the average uneducated person like myself could begin to understand topics that, that if you go back and you start studying them in their original content, context, can be very difficult to understand. Like if you're studying Troward and stuff, like that's it's a tough, it's, heavy stuff. it's a tough, tough read. And he took it and put it down so that every person could understand it, understand it easily. And I also think they could find ways to to apply it in their life where they could start to see immediate results. I mean, there there is no telling how much of the world that we live in today was actually influenced by. Earl and, and Napoleon Hill and Wallace Waddles, because very often people read and study these things in secret. And what I mean by that is that uh, it's when a person is really struggling with answers, deep, deep answers about life and spirituality and why we're here and what is my individual purpose, they, they, they know they have to do it in secret because nobody around them is going to take them seriously, you know? Um, plus the messages can be very threatening to a person that d is not looking to change anything. And, uh, you know, the idea was let's get this out there because every person could actually change. So the amount of people that have, I, I have heard 
in just conversations that I've had with successful people all over the world or listening listening for the little drop of a hint that they listened to Earl back in the day or they picked up Think and Grow Rich or they read Waddles or, or, or Jim Rohn or Bob Proctor or myself or whoever uh, and whatever the ideas were that they were that they were gleaming answers from led to the construction of these mega businesses and changes that we see in the world today very very much of it was steeped in in these thought processes uh, that they don't necessarily say a lot about, but they're there. And the other thing is that when you know it, you can pick up on it when you're hearing a person talk. So there's many things that I have listened to, many people that I have listened to, that I, I know just by the way that they're talking and what they understand that they had to study these things at some point. And, of course, m- the mega industries were built on the – like. All of the insurance industry that we know today was really built based off of W. Clement Stone, what Napoleon Hill did, what Earl did, uh, what Proctor did, the the Metropolitan Life Insurance Company, the Prudential of America, all of those companies, uh, the, the entire structure and philosophy of the ethic and the value of how they built it was done off of the principles that are sitting on this table right here. Man, that's amazing. Yeah, Earl's considered by most... Um, the Dean of Personal Development. Yes. How proud do you think he'd be today on this 100th anniversary of his birth um, to see the people, the likes of people like you or Bob or Tony Robbins continuing his message of growth after all these years? Because he's been gone for quite a while, but how proud yeah. would he be today to just see how it's moved and changed? Well, you know, like, like I said, I, I never met Earl, so I, I could only assume that he would be, that he would be very proud. I think... You know, my understanding was that he really wanted people to understand the power of their mind. And, of course, his goal was to get those messages into the hands of every human being, uh, which still has not been done, right? I mean, which, you know, but, but through all of us that deeply love the idea that... Um, of the mindset work and the understanding of human potential that are the, the, the ones of us that are put here to keep moving that message forward, I think that he would be astonished to see how many people have picked up that torch, so to speak, and, and passed it down, you know, the lineage of, of individuals that have helped spread that message and make it so popular and probably probably very proud of the way that it has um, helped guide and change the world that we live in because we need so much of this message in all of its various different um, ways that it is that it is morphed to be spread around the world so I to the answer to your question I think that he'd be very proud yeah his, his work is timeless and it's it's obvious that it's timeless because truth is truth right and when you speak the truth, that's what it is. Right. So it's really powerful to see, and it's 
so much fun. This was a, this is so much fun to yeah. do this, to be able to look back at, you know, one of the, the founding fathers, if you will, of this industry and see just how much of an impact, even though we may never truly know all of the impact that it's been, we get a chance to look back and honor this, this amazing human being. And I'd encourage people to go out there and see if you can find yourself some vinyl or go on, you know, a search engine and type in Earl, you'll be amazed at all of the legacy that he has left behind and you can get some really powerful nuggets Absolutely. of his learning. Yep. So, well, this has been so much fun. Thank you for doing this, David. And uh, happy birthday, Earl. Happy birthday, Earl. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff. <laughs>